Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. And man, yesterday was just a beautiful day here on the Kenai Peninsula. We're talking about almost a full day of sun. This is a miracle we have yet to have that happen. It seems like for a year here on the Kenai Peninsula that has, I don't know, maybe it peaked out 60 degrees yesterday. So, man, we were outside getting the tan. It was amazing. Well, I hope everybody's having an awesome summer so far, and I want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and reading Must Read Alaska. We do this so that we can spread conservative news for all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And if you want to help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, we would really, really love that. We're not funded by some dark web nonprofit money conglomerate. We're just funded by everyday folks who care about conservative news in Alaska. $5, $10, $100 at a time keeps the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. So if you head on over to mustreadalaska.com, on the right-hand side there, there's a little donate button. Click on that and feel free to donate. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Um, and the majority of all of our content is free for you, uh, which we really strive to do. But without further ado, a very special guest today, Kelly Chewbacca, former commissioner of administration for the state of Alaska, former government watchdog guru for in Washington, D.C., and uh, Kelly, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. It's great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm super excited to come back on. Our our readers are, are big fans of what you're doing. And so we're kind of going to get a catch up on what you've been up to over the last couple months. But my first question out the gate is kind of a big one, but you can kind of go any which way you want with it. But what is your take on the political landscape of Alaska? You know, you've had a chance to probably hang out with all the folks in Alaska, you've been literally all over the state, you know, back and forth times 10. What is your take on the political landscape right now in Alaska? Well, it's a really good question. A lot of people after November 2022, I think in Alaska are feeling really discouraged, at least from our team. And I know of at least 20 Republican leaders across the state who've actually moved out of state permanently since January of this year. I think that that is uh, very unfortunate and discouraging. That's not just your um, conservative families, your pillars in the community who would be people who could be potential candidates or a strong voting base. These are people who've actually run for office or held office in the past, leaders in the Republican Party, people who um, we would know that are listening to this podcast right now. They've picked up and gone to Republican states like Texas and Florida and decided that there is really no future in Alaska. <clears throat> um, what I think that means for us is if we don't have people here holding the line and, and staking our flag and taking a stand, then there isn't going to be a way to maintain what I think is our um, our strong convictions in Alaska for what Alaska stands for, which is uh, freedom and economic prosperity, 
the future of our country. I really believe that this is the the land that powers America with our energy, that creates America with our minerals, feeds America with our fish, inspires America with our tourism, protects America with national security. We are the front lines and the resource for a free United States of America. And the only way that we can be all of those things is with the principles and values that uh, conservatives stand for. And it's not going to be through things like government welfare, government handouts, and government control, and government overreach, which is what other parties in principle stand for. And so I think it's really important that we have a um, conservative base up here that stands for economic freedom, economic prosperity, free economic principles, and a social value set that really emphasizes the the family as the um, the base unit of America for economic principles. Um, it's a, it's the base economic unit and um, the base community pr um, unit that forms the uh, the nation. You can have um, the family without a nation, but you cannot have nations without families. And I really think that that's something uh, we stand for. So I would really love to see us as a as a state. Um, and the people who are listening to this podcast to continue to use our voices and to continue to stand together, to hold the line, to not lose heart. I think the only way we lose is by giving up. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people doing that just in fatigue and frustration and discouragement to say, you know what, um, I'm just one person, it doesn't matter. But when enough people say that, it actually does matter. And we started to see that even in 2022. Uh, I think something interesting, it's not the question you asked, but I'll throw it out there, John. Uh, the reason why we lost so many elections, including mine in 2022, is not because of specifically ranked choice voting, and it is not because of so much money and dark money that was spent. It's actually because our team forfeited the game. When you go and you look at the data of what happened in the race, because elections are really just data games, we did um, an unfortunate job of just not showing up to vote in last year's election. We had the lowest voter turnout in state history across the board. And when you look at the numbers of who came, 19,000 super voter Republicans, people who vote in four out of four elections, doesn't matter what election it is, did not show up in 2022. If half of those voters had shown up, I would have won the election. Not only that, but Juno wouldn't be able to caucus Democrat in the Senate. Um, we probably would have had a different turnout in the U.S. House race. Those are the kind of consequences that happen when we just decide, well, it's already predetermined. There's no way we can win. Let's throw in the towel and forfeit the game. And that has huge consequences for the future of Alaska, because then when certain policymakers come in power in the Senate and the House in statewide elections and then in Juneau, um, certain policies are made. When it comes to resource development and jobs, the economy, social values, schools and taxes, and then people leave the state and all of a sudden you see the state turning blue really quickly. But why did it? And the answer is because we just didn't show up to an election. That's a pretty pathetic reason to turn Alaska blue. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's we were talking about it a couple of days ago and man, I I'm hopeful still. But man, that was a tough pill to swallow. So, you know, we look around Alaska and we see these things happening we um you know it's definitely turning more purple by the day 
and it seems like the economy's in the crapper still and uh people you know local elections aren't even going the way people would like so what what are you hopeful for what you know keeps you going because um you obviously haven't given up so what what is it that drives you to get out there and get get after it still I believe one person can make a huge difference and that person doesn't just need to be me it can be each one of us and what I realized after the election is two things one I don't need to be a senator to continue to pursue those same goals that I had on the campaign and that our entire team of volunteers was working towards so I'm pursuing those goals through the private sector we uh, started a consulting firm we're doing things like affordable housing and helping to spur on our economy and generate economic development in Alaska. And it's going really great. And I'm excited about that. And that's one of the reasons I've been traveling the state. The other thing that I'm working towards is one of the pillars we were working on in the campaign, which is election integrity, making sure that our elections are, are on track and that we do things like increase voter turnout. And I'm advocating with the legislature and with the help of a lot of people who are listening right now to overturn ranked choice voting, because the more that we've looked into what actually happened last year, I do think that there's a strong correlation between the onset of ranked choice voting and the lowest voter turnout that we saw in state history. And so there is a, a correlation there with voter suppression. And it didn't just happen on the Republican side, it happened on the Democrat side as well. It happened in rural Alaska and it happened in rail belt Alaska. And so the legislature knowing that we're having this extreme decrease in voter participation as a result of ranked choice voting happening. And so uh, one of the things we're doing right now is we're preparing to do a statewide poll to figure out exactly why Alaskans have stopped voting so that we can diagnose that accurately. And going into 2024, which is just a year and a half away from today, um, try and do everything we can to increase and maximize voter turnout so that the people who are elected are the best reflection of the will of the people and the constituents here in Alaska, and not just 40% of the people who are voting in Alaska, which is what happened in 2022. That's what we're working towards. And I really believe that as I'm going around and talking, there is a, a spark that's starting to light again in the people across the state. And people are starting to see, wait, there is something we can do about it. We didn't know that it was it was simply a discouragement factor, if you will, that happened in 2022. And there is some hope here and we can actually galvanize and do something about it. Um, so I'm starting to see people uh, get prepared for 2024, which is probably going to take a lot of door knocking mm -hmm. and a lot of um, um, significant effort in getting ballots in. So, for example, I was just in Fairbanks for several days talking to a lot of different Republican groups up there. And one of the things that we talked about is changing our entire mindset around absentee ballots. And I'll give you a story, John. I talked with the, the teams in Florida, and this has come up several times. This even came up at the Young Republican uh, gathering that just happened this past weekend when they brought up um, DC Drano, who's a very significant social media influencer who now lives in Florida came up with them and came up with the people who've actually been handling the transition in Florida. Remember that Florida used to be a toss up state back in uh, Bush versus Gore. It was a purple state. We never knew how Florida was gonna go. 
it is not that state anymore. It is now a bright red state where their governor, DeSantis, is winning by 20 points. It is a bright red state. And all of this, despite the fact that all the media outlets in Florida are actually liberal. So the question is, how in the last 20 years has Florida gone from being a toss-up state to a bright red state? It turns out, and I dug into this after the election to figure out how do we, how do we get Alaska back on track. It turns out that their Republican Party is actually focused heavily on moving towards absentee ballots for all registered Republicans in the state. And that's a little bit different than maybe what the messaging is that we've heard in the last several years. But what Florida figured out is when you have absentee ballots in everybody's hands, it's like having that gadget on our charter fishing boats on the Kenai River where you can see all the fish in the river under the boat versus being on that charter boat where you can't see, but the guide's telling you, oh, trust me, I know where the fishing holes are. Which guide do you prefer to fish with? The one where you can see all the fish under the river and you know you're over the fishing hole or the guy who's saying, hey, trust me, I know where everything is. When it's our job to bring the ballots in, we want to go with the guy who can show us where the ballots are. And that's what absentee ballots do. When everybody has absentee ballots, that means every single campaign, the local campaigns, the Juno campaigns, the governor campaign, the House campaign, the US Senate campaign, plus every independent expenditure group can see exactly who has a ballot, where they are, and which ballots need to be targeted so they can target all their campaign messaging, their door knockers, et cetera, to go to those voters to make sure those voters turn in their ballots, which means you have a much more likely ratio of turning those ballots in, much higher percentage of those ballots being turned in than if you're just hoping and praying that on election day, your voters turn in ballots. It's just a much higher risk that the fact is Republican ballots or your voters are not going to get their ballots in on election day than if you can actually see where the ballots are, target them and bring the votes in. It just makes sense. And so all of these voters and, and, and ballot leaders and campaigners in Florida are telling us, look, if you really want to mobilize your vote in 2024, Republicans put in for absentee ballots. It's the smartest thing you can do. Work as a team maximize your your donation dollars if you're giving 10 bucks to a campaign it's going to go a lot further if everybody registers for absentee ballots in 2024 than if you just kind of hope and pray that everybody goes into the polls and precincts on election day because something always interferes sickness or work or kids or something so register for absentee ballots we have a much stronger likelihood of being able to win our elections that way that's awesome so you've um you've been around the state like we've talked about. You have this um, new thing you're doing called Preserve Democracy, not necessarily new because you've been doing it now pretty much since the election was over. So give us um, give us a little update on that, just Preserve Democracy. I know that you're working really hard at educating people on ranked choice voting. So how's that been going? First, I want to say thank you to all of our donors and supporters for helping to make this happen. We've been extremely busy. We're going around the state doing education campaigns and helping everybody understand what happened in 2022, uh, what we've been hearing, what's going on, what the data says. So those tours have happened in Southeast, the Peninsula, the Valley, Anchorage, Fairbanks. That's gone really well. I testified before the Alaska State Legislature on House Bill 1, which is to repeal ranked choice voting. So everybody listening, those bills, House Bill 1 and House Bill 4, which both 
support overturning ranked choice voting, those are still pending. So you can contact your legislators in the Senate and in the House and tell them that you support House Bill 1 and House Bill 4 to overturn ranked choice voting. If you need talking points, my presentation is on our website at preservedemocracy.com. And you can look at that PowerPoint presentation under resource and figure out what some of the, the talking points with the data could be that you could use with your representatives. Another thing that we did is we ran a get out the vote campaign in the Anchorage Muni race. And the idea behind this was to do a pilot project, John, to figure out, can we actually mobilize voters to vote? Because we saw in 2022, we had such strong voter drop off. And so we used some of the same methods and techniques that they were using in Florida. We used one of the top analytics firms, data analytics firms in the country to target voters who normally vote in every four-year elections or the two-year elections. Maybe they don't vote in muni races, but they could be prompted to vote. And we just put a ton of money into it. Thank you donors for helping with that. And we used thousands and thousands of text messages and digital ads. We used dozens of phone calls to each voter and mailings. And we targeted just two districts because it's just an experiment. And what we saw is that it didn't move the needle at all. Those districts didn't have any higher voter turnout percentage than the other districts, which was extremely surprising and disappointing, but also helpful because what it shows us is that the typical methods used to drive voter turnout in the past, despite the high quality campaign, the proven methods and the ton of money, it's not moving Alaskan voters and Anchorage is 40% of the state. That's helpful because in 2024, it means if you were to drop millions of dollars on text messages and phone calls and mailers and digital ads, it's not actually gonna increase voter turnout. So what is going to increase voter turnout? That leaves us with door knocking, which we saw actually did make a difference in my campaign, um, turning in ballots themselves. So helping people collect their ballots and turn them in. And it's going to require some answers to this poll that we're gonna put out to figure out why people aren't voting so that we can actually get to the root cause. And so that's why we're doing the poll. Um, the last thing that I've really been involved in, and this has been, I think, extremely helpful and persuasive, there are a lot of other states that are considering ranked choice voting. They have ballot initiatives or their state legislators are considering it. And what they're looking at is Alaska and quote, how well ranked choice voting turned out in Alaska based on some propaganda from some pro ranked choice voting organizations that are funded mm -hmm. by special interests. And so we've been able to provide them just with the data of what actually happened here. Like, for example, the lowest voter turnout in history or the fact that we had 75 candidates running for just three statewide offices and we had no ability for our parties to screen or vet their can the candidates in the backgrounds to even let people know um, whether the candidates lined up with the parties or vet out false candidates. We had a Hollywood actress move up here, change her name <laughs> and take on a yeah, fake Alaska identity. She was on the show a couple times. <laughs> yes, exactly. And run for office, but nobody was able to even screen or vet that candidate or let Alaskans know this person's fake. And so that, those are some of the things that happened up here because of our new system that we're able to tell other states and their legislators um, these are, this is what ranked choice voting is allowing to happen. So that's what we're doing with Preserve Democracy, but you can learn more at preservedemocracy.com if you need resources or if you want to help support us. So uh, let me 
uh, walk myself through this strategy just so I can understand it because I'm just now thinking about it and I and I think it's something that we haven't done in Alaska. So absentee ballot chasing, let's say, you know, there's a dozen people out there knocking on doors. They knock on the, the doors of Republicans. They help them register as an absentee ballot person. And then they follow up with that person during the week or two before the election to either help them turn in the ballot or mail it on their behalf. Is that kind of some of the strategy that happens in Florida? Yes, exactly. You got it right. And even in the beginning, I'm not sure that you need to go and knock on their door to help them register as an absentee. That could be done through phone calls or even through mailers or in the Republican district model. Districts can do that. Mm -hmm. Districts can own their own data sets and um, really mobilize their own districts to get their Republican people to register with absentee ballots. That's awesome. If you are in leadership in the Republican district and you're listening to this, that is a strategy that I don't know anybody's doing in Alaska. And man, that could be a game changer. So kudos to you, Kelly, for gleaning from Florida and figuring out kind of what set them apart because, man, that just makes total sense. So um, what the Florida people have said, John, again, think of it like the fish model. It tells us where the fish are. The Florida people have said, if we implement this and implement it effectively, we could turn our state 20 points red and a minimum 10 points red across the entire state. That's what our population demographics tell us. That's what we have here as a bench. My concern is if we don't turn on this quickly, what we'll see is a continued attrition of not only Republican leaning leaders, but also Republican leaning families. And I saw that even during the campaign, as I was knocking doors, I was seeing people, I, I was knocking moderate doors, right? People who I was trying to persuade, but people who otherwise would be voting for me, moving out of state and leaving before November, because they were just so tired of the quality of life in Alaska anymore. The schools and the public safety were just so draining for them. And sometimes it's jobs and economy it wasn't worth living here anymore. They'd moved up here sometimes with the military, moved up here for work or better quality of life. And the conditions they were living in, especially in Anchorage, were just getting so bad, it wasn't worth it. And they were moving back to other states that were offering them something better. And we were just, we're losing a lot of really good people. And we don't have a lot to offer them because the way that our cities are being led, the way that our state is being led, um, economic opportunity is drying up. The school systems are leaving a lot to be desired when our math and literacy proficiency is below 30%. And we've got a lot of crime and um, home, especially through Anchorage, homeless, homelessness challenges that are exposing our, our families and our children to a lot that parents don't want them to see. And so really good people and families are leaving, you know, by a lot. Yeah. We got to stop that trend. We need good leadership throughout the state, school boards, assemblies, mayors um, in Juneau, all the way up to the top. This is great. I think that especially during the last election, we had lots of districts that wanted to help very badly. They were doing everything they could do, do but they didn't have a tool to really go after. And the the um, the main people in the Republican Party of Alaska were definitely not giving them any direction 
And so this could give districts something to target. And man, um, you know, most of these districts could could, you know, really do some amazing work with with this to focus on. So that's pretty exciting. Last question to you, this is this where we went by 30 minutes pretty quick. Kelly, you know, how important is it, do you think, for folks to get involved in the local elections, even community boards or those kinds of things? Because I think that's one of the areas that I think conservatives have just kind of not really done, either not had time to do or not really cared about or both. And so it becomes a farm team for the other side of, you know, all these community boards in Anchorage and local, you know, school boards all across the state to try out their policies and beliefs and then make it on to, you know, state house or state senate. How important is it for conservatives to to get involved in these local boards and community groups? I think it's incredibly important. We would be surprised how much of our daily life is actually affected by local policy, what's happening on the the little boards, if you will, or the school board or the assembly and we don't follow those so much and so we don't know we think a lot more is affected by a state law but it actually isn't it's affected at the local level i'll give you an example the anchorage school board has a budget that is twice the size of the anchorage assembly what does that mean for the average republican who's listening they affect twice the amount of your taxes as the Anchorage Assembly. And so all those people who you're not voting for and you don't really know what their name is and you don't really know what their background is or how they politically lean, that's your property tax going up right there. And so when they're putting out bonds and what does that bond mean? And remember when they promised us that if you vote for this 86 quadzillion dollar bond, they won't <laughs> ask for any more next year. And they've asked for more the next two years. Yeah, yeah that's your property tax. They're pricing us out of our homes in, in Anchorage while we're all fleeing to the valley or fleeing to the peninsula. And that's all school board people. Fortunately, John, having watched what happens in Fairbanks and the peninsula and in, in Anchorage and knowing these people, we actually have really good candidates running for these offices. We just have really bad voter turnout on our team. Interestingly, there have been articles in The Atlantic, in Politico, et cetera, where the Democrats in Alaska have laid out their blueprint for taking oh, yeah. over Alaska and over the last, what, 15 years. These blueprints have been laid out in these liberal publications. And this starts with these little local elections where conservatives aren't paying attention. We'll take over the school boards and the city councils. We'll take over the the neighborhood boards, you know, you see those little signs posted, neighborhood council meeting, um, they'll take those over and they'll train up their bench of leaders. And then they'll just gradually um, progress them to the next level of leadership, school board, assembly, and then they'll run for Juno. Then they'll take over uh, governor and then they'll take over the U.S. House of Congress and they'll take over U.S. Senate. It's working. Have you noticed? <laughs> and so... I think we need to understand, if you don't believe me, believe them. They've been executing this strategy over the last 10 to 15 years, and they've been graduating up the ranks, Forrest Dunbar and people like Mary Poltola, people whose names we've been like, what? I don't recognize that name. And they've been going from these little tiny no-name positions, very quickly escalating them up into state house positions, and then they intend to take over our U.S. Congress and U.S. Senate positions, and then all of Alaska, it won't, we won't be purple or slightly pink. We're going to turn bright blue, 
And it, it'll feel like it happened overnight. They did the same thing in Oregon and Washington and we're next. And so how important is it? Extremely important, not just for us to run, but for us to support and be involved. Well, I appreciate you joining us here, Kelly. Any last minute thoughts here before we head off? I have a lot of great hope for the future of Alaska, but it's gonna be for us to operate as a team. And that means donors continuing to support, candidates continuing to run, volunteers continuing to help. And we've gotta, we've gotta take a stand and plant our flag. And on that note, um, John, we will be announcing, my husband and I will have a big announcement a little bit later this year to help encourage and inspire um, everybody on our team, because we think we're we are continuing to be very committed to this cause and we want to do our part. So stay tuned. Coming more from the Chewbacca's in 2023. Nice. Well, I really appreciate you joining us, Kelly, here on the Must Read Alaska show. And for folks listening in, maybe that you just caught the last half of this, you're going to want to go back and listen to the whole thing because Kelly Chewbacca shares a great secret sauce on how we could potentially win elect elections all over the state in 2024. And for folks uh, tuning in, you're also going to not want to miss uh, the next couple episodes. To I'm going to have three episodes today. Next, I'm going to have Senator Shelley Hughes here um, in about an hour or so. And then um, Senator James Kaufman uh, later on today. And then Lieutenant Governor uh, is going to be on Thursday morning. So we've got a very packed week this week. If you listen, watch, and read Must Read Alaska, we want to thank you for doing that. If you want to help to keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska, Go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side. There's a little donate button. Click on that. Every $5, $10, $100 helps us keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. Until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. Thank you. Bye.